called this sermon People. We're actually going to be speaking about people. I almost fell. If I fell, just keep it a secret. I won't tell nobody if you won't. I, I called to tonight's talk uh, People. I was going to preach one week, but the Holy Spirit convicted me and said, John, you need, and, and when I say Holy Spirit, I, I'm not talking about like, like a CIA agent. Like I don't have like a dude in my ear. Uh, have you ever had the Holy Spirit speak to you before? It's kind of like a, a, a voice in your soul, kind of like a voice in your heart. It happens in the middle of worship. You hear this? Like, you ever heard this in the middle of worship? Like, I love you. You ever hear that during worship? It's like God saying, I love you. Or you're praying, and he's like, man, I'm with you. And I, I was, like, preparing for one sermon, and God convicted me and said, no, no, no. You got to teach on this. Dive into it. Because I believe that people is the avenue in which your purpose is going to be your purpose. People's the avenue that takes you there. People's the avenue that keeps you sustained. You look at verses like, hey, where two or three are gathered, I'm there. That is a powerful verse. Because how many times we get find ourselves in a corner saying, God, can you meet me here? I already told you, get with two or three people and it's all good. So, so, so moments like that in the Bible, it, it really challenges us to look at people as something that we don't just know, but we understand. You see, the thing is about knowing and understanding is that you can know that something works, but you don't have to necessarily understand how it works. It's a complete difference. And I experienced this in New York. Last week I was with my... Uh, Sister's husband. There we go. She got married Friday. I don't know how to say it, guys. I don't know how it, that sounds weird. My sister's husband. It's usually like her boyfriend, you know, but pray for me. We're at the subway. We're at the subway. Have you ever been, anybody ever been in New York? Anybody ever rode the train? So we go up to the, like the ticket booth. I'm ready at the kiosk. I already know how this works. I'm supposed to swipe. I get my Metro card. I'm ready. So my... <laughs> My sister's husband walks up to the ticket booth and he goes, hey, ma'am, can I get uh, two tickets to the Bronx? And she looks, she looks at him, and when she said, I can't say, I promise, it was really bad. She's like, <laughs> that's what it sounded like, but I'm not going to say it. That's just dialogue. He thought he knew how it was supposed to work, but he completely misunderstood. This same thing happened to me once, and uh, I'm not going to say my age because that's embarrassing. I was young, and um, you guys know those Easy Bake Mac and Cheese, right? You just do some things. You stick them in the, in the, in the microwave. They come out just, just golden goodness, right? Uh, I, I was like, man, I know how to do this. This is easy. I, I can make my own, Mom. You don't got to make it for me anymore. I'm a, I'm a grown-up. I take it. I put it in, close it, right? I see lightning going on inside the microwave. Anybody ever seen lightning inside the microwave? You see the, like, the beams of light? You're like, why does this become a, a science experiment? I just want golden goodness. So you see all, see all this going on. I pull it out. I look into it. Mac and cheese is burnt. I forgot to add the water. Just add water. One rule with mac and cheese. And I forgot it. The truth is, I thought I knew what it was, but I completely misunderstood it. I want to preach to you tonight. When you meet Jesus, the Bible is going to talk to you about people. But can I tell you something? Can I present to you something? Sometimes we misunderstand what that really means. The Bible tells you to go and reach people. Jesus says it. Listen, all the commandments summed up is two commandments. Every commandment ever in the Bible sums up to two. Love God and love people. What? We know how to love God but love people? We don't really get that part. I mean, I mean, like if you called the devil and his phone rang, I think his, his phone would go, no new friends. Right? I mean, nothing wrong with the song, but... But the world is not about being friendly. That's not cool. 
hey, stop bullying. Hey, be, 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 be cool with everyone. No, no, I'm going to be cool with my group. I'm going to be cool with my clique. I'm going to be cool with my posse and no new friend. And nobody come around us. When we look at the Bible, we see something completely different. And young Christians, they get caught in a fork in the road. Young Christians who read the Bible, they say, man, we're bullying people during lunch. Well, my Bible is saying to be like those who are casted out and reach out to them and love on them. You see, I really believe this people and my purpose. I think they're together. People and my purpose. People and my purpose, they're, t- they're actually together. Here's the truth. We're preaching about people, but let me give you a news flash. This series is actually all about you. The cat out the bag. This people sermon series, listen to me, it is all about you. It's all about you. Here's why. Because you can potentially be missing out on what God wants to do in your life by overlooking a person he's already placed in your life. You could be overlooking, you could be missing exactly what God wants to do in your life by just overlooking the people he's already placed in your life. So funny. One of my great friends, one of my best of friends, his dad is a, he he builds houses. He's a beast. He does anything really, but remember, you, you know, just this past week, if you are a dude in here, you know that the laundry basket isn't just a laundry basket. That's a basketball hoop, all right? And if you, got, if you rolled up some socks, you know, that's just not some socks. That's a Spalding 33.5 basketball. You ready? Ladies, stay with me. And me and my brother, we go at it in my house. I mean, like, anything's, the, anything's a basketball hoop. My parents made a huge mistake. They bought us a basketball hoop in the middle of our room. We broke two walls, y'all. I wish I took a picture. I'm still fixing it. It's been broken for years. Big holes in the wall. Carl, you've seen it, right? We do a small group. We do a small group in my house, and, and they probably saw, like, what kind of pastor is this? What kind of church family is this? Yeah, okay, basketball, right? All right. <laughs> Abuse. <laughs> Carl puts it to the side. Does he hit you? <laughs> no, I did that playing basketball. We had so much fun breaking those walls. We didn't mean to. My mom's going crazy. How am I going to fix these walls? She knew a dude who literally builds walls. He builds walls. Man, it's going to cost me so much money. What am I going to do with the wall? I got to put it together. I got to paint it. There's a rug on one of the walls. I got to take the rug off, and I got to do all this. And she knew a guy that was in her reach, that was in her atmosphere, that was in her life, that could actually be exactly what she needs him to do. Because she just missed him. She overlooked him. She didn't see him. She overlooked him. And the thing she's praying for is already in her reach. God, I need love. God, I need some love in my life. And he's placed someone around you that's ready to love you. That's ready to love you like a brother. Love you like a sister. And be there for you. He's already placed it around you. When we started this church, you think we called up all the people that do good in ministry? Hey, man, we're going to start a church. I need a youth pastor. My dad said, no, you want to preach? I said, I don't know if I can preach. He said, you preach it. I said, okay. <laughs> people went to high school with They're like, you used to preach? I was like, no. I preached once when I got here, and I was four. Because I believe when God does something, he gives you exactly what you need for it to flourish. 
when God does something, when he's going to put you in a place, he gives you everything you need to be successful. Your purpose is attached to people. Everything you need is in your reach. Everything you need. I'm going to read to you a verse in the book of Jonah. I love this. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it for the wickedness has come up before me. See, here's the thing. Catch me, young person, young adult. When we look at our purpose, why do we automatically separate our purpose from people? Think about your dream. I want to be a rap artist. Forget everybody. I'm going to do it on my own. I'm going independent. Forget people, right? Who's going to buy your music? No, no, no. When I grow up, I'm going to be a fashion designer. Forget everybody in the industry. I'm doing my own thing. Who's going to accept you to sell the clothes in their stores if you're not a people person? No, no, no. When I grow up, I'm going to be my own boss. Forget working for anybody. I'm going to do my own thing. Who's going to work for you? You're the worst boss ever. See, hear me tonight. Hear me. Purpose is attached to people. It is attached to people. And listen, God did it that way. You see, when God speaks to Jonah, he tells Jonah, go to a city. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. Listen, I want to encourage someone. God is still speaking, and God is going to speak to you very soon. Stay in the house of God. Stay around the presence. Stay around the word of God. You can feel that tug in your heart. You can feel that voice in the wilderness. He's going to speak to you. But listen, don't think for a second that when God calls you, he calls you to isolation. Don't think for a moment that when God calls you, he's calling you to go in a village where no one lives there to have this special relationship with God and just dance around like a tribe dude with no one else. God is calling you to people. God is calling you to a city. And here's the thing. He says, listen, I'm calling you to Nineveh. And they're wicked. So I'm sending my best guy. Listen, God is going to point you towards people that don't love him. God's going to point you to people that are far from him. When God sends you, he sends you to a city. Newsflash, a city is not just roads and bridges and buildings. A city is people and individuals and persons. That's who he's sending you to. If God is calling you, it's most likely to people. Most likely. I would dare to say, every time God calls you, he's calling you to a person. I want to read you some verses real quick. This is Paul. And this is what Paul writes in Galatians. See, see, Paul, I mean, I don't know if you grew up in church or not, but Paul wasn't always in church. Paul had a really bad story, really good testimony, but, but he, he was, you know, really rough story. I mean, like, he would persecute the church of Christ. Like, he was the Christian killer, like, for real. That was his, like, thing. Like, he did that crazy. He gets saved, right? And, and look what happens. Once he gets saved, look what he does. He says, you heard my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. This isn't your good. You should read it. Next verse. Wait, people in the Bible don't, weren't always in the Bible? No. Okay, sorry. Another day. 14. I was advancing in, in that other religion. I was advancing beyond many of my own age and among my people. I was even extremely zealous for the tradition of my fathers. I was killing it in Judaism. But then what? But, but, but when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb, called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles. 
Then he goes to say, my immediate response was not to consult any human being. Wait, what, Paul? So I told you your purpose and you didn't talk to your pastor about it? Wait, wait, wait. So, so you're telling me God spoke to you in a specific and, and small room in a small area and you didn't consult nobody about it? Wait, wait, wait. What you're telling me, Paul, is that when God spoke to you in a small moment and he gave you vision and he gave you purpose, you didn't even have time to consult anybody. What you actually did, you went to, you didn't go to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before you were. But where'd you go? You went to Arabia. He just bounced. God's calling me. Whoop. I'm going to go preach to people in Arabia because they haven't even heard of Jesus yet. Oh, I'm called. I'm going to Damascus. Let's continue to read. I think that's the last of that. Listen, your purpose is attached to people. I believe that Paul had a little secret that we weren't aware of. I believe that Paul knew something that sometimes we miss in this thing called life in Jesus. We think that when God calls us, he's calling us to a position. We believe some, something's built inside of us that we think when God calls us, he's leading us to a building. When God calls us, he's leading us to an atmosphere. When God calls us, he's leading us to a house. When God calls you, he's leading you to a people. And he's leading you to a person. I pray our prayers change. You, you, you ever prayed before, God, uh, where are you leading me? After tonight, here's a better question. God, who are you leading me to? God, where, where are you leading me? Where? God, where do you want me to go? Young adults who don't have no idea what they're doing. Young adults who have no sense of direction in life. You're here one day, you're there the other day. You want to move there, you want to go there, you want to try this out. Young adult, listen to me. God is not calling, he's calling you to people. Wherever you go, there's going to be people. Wherever you go. And what you're dealing with is still going to be there. Here's the truth. If your purpose is hard to get to, maybe you're hard to get to. Put it this way, if your destiny is hard to get around to, maybe you're hard to get along with. I, I don't know why, I just keep, every time I try to, I, God told me I was going to be a pastor, but every time I try to take steps to be a, be a pastor, it just, it gets shut down. God's calling me to be a worship leader, but every time I try to try out, I just know what's going on. God's calling me to this, and I'm, every time I'm, and, 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 and here's the thing, you're, you're asking for a mic to speak to who? Speak to people. How is anyone going to sit down and listen to you talk when they know who you really are? How is anyone going to hear you talk about grace when they know you can't forgive your neighbor? When you ask for the purpose of God, your purpose is wrapped around people. I don't know why I'm not moving up in ministry. You're not moving up in relationships. You know, there's such thing as church giving you a, a title before the pastor does. There's such a thing. Where the church just agrees, listen, that dude right there, he's anointed, he's loving, he's caring, he's faithful. Pastor, look at him. Next campus. Boom! I know everyone here doesn't want to be preachers and pastors, but it's just an analogy to, to wherever you want to be in life, your dream, your purpose, wherever you want to go, it's attached to people. Man, I want to encourage you, your next blessing and the next big step towards your purpose, guess what? It has people attached to it. What I want to do for a moment Split this night into two talks. This next half, I'm going to talk about the early church in the book of Acts. This is right after Jesus died. He promised his Holy Spirit. I'm teaching. He promised his Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit came. Filled the room. Now it's time to start the church. Now it's time to start putting his words into action. 
and gathering people and going and making disciples. So this is kind of where this is happening. And in the book of Acts, it puts it together like this. It says in chapter 2, verses 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So this is the early church. This is what they did. They devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles and to fellowship, right? So that's, that's the ideal church, right? The, the church that devotes themselves to the teaching of the Bible, right? So, so that would be if tomorrow we are like, you know, gathering and we're talking about the word we heard last night, right? So that's kind of what they were doing. Every church kind of does that, right? I mean, we all do that. All right, but then what it says, and then what, what, then for the breaking of bread into prayer. So they didn't just hear a teaching from an apostle and break it down, but they, they also, you know, broke bread and, and they prayed over it. That's awesome. It's like Holy Communion. We do 43. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. So now the church is like looking at the apostles. They're killing it, signs and wonders. I mean, the Holy Spirit is speaking. People are getting healed. And then this is where the church stops reading the Bible. I'm honest, this is the church you grew up in. All of us, we've always been taught that that's it. Come to church on a Sunday, stay for barbecue, talk about it at nighttime, and have a good week. And let's see what let's see the miracles that's gonna happen next Sunday. See you next Sunday. <laughs> see ya. <laughs> that was my pastor voice. <laughs> see ya. <laughs> we stop reading the Bible and we pick it up in verse 47, but I want to read the whole Bible. Somebody's whole Bible. Next verse. This is when it gets crazy. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Have you ever been around someone so much you guys are laughing the same way? <laughs> Girl, we hanging out way too much. <laughs> you ever been around someone so much you stop being in common? I mean, obviously, they're not saying looked in common, but they had everything in common. I love God. You love God. I want my purpose to come into, you know, fruition. You do too. I worship here. You worship here. Come on. They have everything in common. So what does that mean? They were together a lot. You, you're wondering why these, this church thing isn't happening. It's because you, you stopped coming. I, I, I haven't grown yet. Keep coming. Keep coming. Stick with some people. They sold their and possessions to give to anyone who had need. So now were they together every day and talking and laughing like each other and walking like each other? No, but they helped each other. There was no welfare. Who's broke? I got you. Who needs gas? I got you. Who has no money for four for four? Here's 399. Yo, anybody got a penny? They gave to each other. That's when people really stop reading the Bible. Wait a minute, I'm supposed to care for people enough to give to them. The early church, they were booming. This is crazy. 46, every day they continue to meet together. Wait, you tell me there was church seven days? No, 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 read it properly. In the temple courts, they just hung out every day. So don't read this and say, we got to have church seven days a week. No, 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 we'll have church on Sunday. But my FaceTime with you on Monday is church too. My hope grew on Wednesday is, is church too. And then this is the part everyone picks up at, verse 47. And then they broke bread in their homes. You know, God has sincere hearts, praising God, and enjoying the favor of all the people. And, and the Lord added to daily those who were being saved. I mean, thousands among thousands are getting saved. So everyone reads the beginning, 
And then they skip to the end. We're just going to come to church, do communion, eat after, talk about it for a little bit, and then, why did I sound like that? For a little bit. <laughs> That's my, like, whatever them, right? We're going to do that stuff, and then God's going to add to our number daily. And, and when we're not growing as a church, God's doing something wrong. And, and, and we're, we're not growing for, we're not growing, no one's getting saved. God, what are you doing? And God's like, no, read the whole verse. They were together. They had things in common. They walked with each other. They taught each other. They provided when someone was in need. Man, this, this doesn't sound like a church. Man, this sounds like a brotherhood. This sounds like a sisterhood. This sounds like a family. And here's the thing. Church, listen to me. There's a reason why this church is called the early church. Because not everything from the early church continued to the later church. I mean, if you read the Old Testament, I mean, this is a cycle of, of, of God's grace and, and, and them slipping in God's grace. And, and, and with God that you feel good, and then there's something that comes in the way. And in the book of Hebrews, this is how God reminds us to stay in this way. It says in the book of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, 25, let us hold, somebody say, unswervingly. Let us hold unswervingly to hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. All right, so people stop reading the Bible there. Okay, okay, we're not growing. Something's happening with the church. Okay, let's just hold on to what we're doing now, and God's going to do everything he has to do because he's, he's, his promise is faithful. No, 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 but keep reading. Verse 44, let us consider how we may spur up one another toward love, and good deeds. Verse 25, my favorite part. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. So when we were the early church, when things were booming and when we were so tightly connected and we kind of feel like the promise of God was slipping, let us go back to those ways of meeting with one another and getting the habit of encouraging one another and walking in this thing that God wants us to do. Listen, if you forget how God is going to bless you and lead you, you'll end up swerving in the waiting. You forgot that God's going to only bless you through people. You'll be waiting for your miracle all the year, all year long. 2018 comes just still waiting on a prayer request when the prayer request showed up as a person. God, God, I, I forgot. I, how are you going to lead me? How are you going to bless me? And you forgot that God said, I'm going to bless you through people. I'm going to give you purpose through a person, through a relationship. And if you don't, you'll end up swerving. You ever, you ever started driving and you were just like just the swerve boy? Like, you couldn't stay. It was so hard. to Like, how does my dad do this? Like, stay in between perfectly. I'm always like almost hitting the curb and like hitting other people. How many, how many relationships with God feel like a swerving car? How many relationships with God feel like a swerving car? And God is saying, listen, if you're swerving, get with some people to align yourself to me again. So the Bible says in John, see, the thing about John, I'm going to talk about this a little later. I don't want to get ahead. John chapter 13, verse 7 and 8. Jesus does something that is unpredictable. Jesus does something that is so retarded. Everyone's like, what are you doing? Because he claims to be God. He claims to be the son of God. But then he says, y'all, let me wash your feet. Back in the day, they didn't have sneakers. They had Jesus sandals. Y'all not here tonight. There was no socks. There was no rubber. There was just chancletas. And there was no concrete. There was like sand, like Parnell feet. You know what I mean? 
Parnell Fees, when you show up here on a Friday night, you've got sandals on. And you walk to your car. Parnell Feet. <laughs> so imagine all the disciples of Parnell Feet. And Jesus does something that's just unthinkable. He goes, all right, disciples, gather up. I want to wash your feet. I'm going to wash your feet right now. <laughs> Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you'll understand. You don't realize now what I'm doing, but later you'll understand. Look at Peter. Peter's us, right? Verse 8. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, Peter said, you should never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, don't touch my feet. I got coins on I just played basketball barefoot. I just gave him a track meet. <laughs> don't touch my feet. Jesus, they dirty. Jesus, there's things I don't want you to see. Jesus, does in between the toes, there's some stuff I don't want you to see. Am I stretching this analogy? Jesus, there's some things. If you get too close, it can start to smell just a little bit. Jesus, don't get to the dirty part of me. And he said, listen, unless I wash your feet, you have no part with me. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So, so God wants to get in my mess? Listen, you don't see what I'm doing. You're going to get it later. Verse 7, you don't see what I'm doing now. But later when I'm gone, you're going to understand exactly what I'm doing. You need to let people get into your mess. Go back to verse 8. You have, I love how he says, part, as in like, partner as in like next point a partnership unless there's a partnership we can't do this thing but Jesus I'm dirty that's why people don't go to small groups when people sign up for young adult small groups and 60 came week one no judgment but there's some intimidation between getting to an environment where you have to show your dirty feet half came to groups half signed up and then, I mean, I mean, double signed up. And I'm not, I'm not judging. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not getting them. But if we can all agree, there's just something about opening up to people. It's like, here, wait, I got to let them in between the toes. I can't just show them from afar. I can't just come to church. Can you just rinse it from afar? Can you just sprinkle on me? I'm in the back. Can you sprinkle on me? No, 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 no. This thing needs a partnership. You need to allow me to get deep into your stuff. I mean, so into your mess. Listen, your, your, your purpose needs a partner. Hear me tonight. You guys look beautiful. Pack that room tonight. I don't pastor for this. I pastor for the two dudes that are in Starbucks tomorrow washing each other's feet. I don't pastor for that. I mean, God in the heart. I'm not about big churches. I'm not about big youth groups. I'm about, about, I'm about big people washing their feet. Other and opening up to each other. Because it's until you find a church partner that you find your purpose. Pastor, you understand, I can't stay in church. Okay, how many friends do you have in church? One. How many friends do you have that do what you do that you know you're not supposed to do? 37. There's a, there's a friction. Purpose needs a partner. I love this. Ecclesiastes. This is for somebody tonight because this is for me. I'll read it together. It's better to have a partner than going alone. Share the work. Share the wealth. If one falls down, the other helps. But if there's no one to help, here's your relationship with God. Tough. If you got nobody to call on, tough. That's, that's dito in Spanish. You don't got nobody, dito. 
<laughs> you got nobody? Dito. Next verse. Two in a bed warm each other. And I'm not saying lay in bed. It's just an analogy. This is the Bible. It's the message version. Two in a bed warm each other. Alone, you're going to shiver all night. By yourself and unprotected. With a friend, you can face the worst. Can you round up a third of three-stranded rope? It's easily. It's not easily. not. If you're missing a partner, you're swerved. If you can secure a partner, you can secure your purpose. You guys here tonight? Y'all here? Is this going to hit you on your way home? If you can secure a partner, you can secure your purpose. Here's the thing about the verse we just read. Give you some some, some context. I'm done, y'all. I got five minutes. That's it. Anybody hungry? Let's go. One word. No one's with you, bro. It's just me and you. And the guy playing piano. <laughs> we were three guys, yo. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Application. Here's the thing about the book of John. Listen to me. John, you guys know when Jesus, when, when Jesus died on a Friday, right? And he resurrected on a Sunday. I want to read to you some, some stuff that happened on Thursday. You see, John is, is one, of the, one of the disciples. He's chilling with Jesus. And when John decides to write his book, he writes five chapters. Hear me tonight. He writes five chapters in his book about the night before Jesus died, the Thursday night. Five books written about one evening. Y'all not here tonight. Because here's the thing. You ever heard, man, a man's best words is when he's about to die, is when he's most real, right? I mean, he's so honest when he's about to go away. And John takes five chapters to write about an evening with Jesus, a conversation. Jesus is talking. He's talking. And I'll give it to you. Chapters 13 through 17 are all about this last moment that Jesus has with his disciples. And I want to point you to something. Listen, there's two main ideas that Jesus is talking about in these five chapters. Nobody in the Gospels explains it better than John. Again, five chapters, one evening. He goes in with what Jesus is saying. And the first kind of main idea that Jesus speaks about is the Holy Spirit. Anybody believe in the Holy Spirit in this room tonight? Come on, there's power in the Holy Spirit. Go on a podcast. We explain it to the T, who he is, what he wants to do, how he moves. So, so Jesus talks about the help that's on the way. You know what's the second thing Jesus talks to? He, he talks about people. He talks about them staying together. He talks about them staying united and being partners. Jesus' last words almost, not the last seven statements. I'm talking about the night before he died with 12 homies. He's there. He's real. And John writes five chapters on this. And I love in chapter 16, he writes this. This is what he says. Jesus' words. All this I have told you so that you will not fall away. Stay in my spirit and stay with a partner. And if you listen to this, you won't. I can't tell you how many times people fall away from church and fall away from just this thing, this, this chase after God. They got the spirit down, but the partner they're missing. And here's the thing, you know, the, the, the word fall away in the original, in the original writings of the Bible, the, the word is scandalista. I mean, that's our word for scandalous. So let me read it to you in the original way this verse was written. Ready? This was, all, all this I have told you so that you will not fall in the trap that you cannot see. 
That's scandalisto translated in English. A trap that you can't see. Believing in Jesus and not having a person with you is walking and not seeing the edge of the cliff. It's a trap you cannot see. And here's the thing. Jesus says, listen, if you're just with each other and if you're just with a person and you're just with a partner, man, I feel the Holy Spirit right now. He's giving you names. Come on. He's giving you a, a person that you've been 50-50 with in the Lord that you're about to take to the next level right now. He's giving you that name. Know who that's for. Here's a good question. I don't preach and not answer questions. Here's a good question. How do I find a partner? How do I find a friend? How do I find that person? How do I find that being? How do I find that person in my life that's going to be with me to find my purpose? Number one, pray and let God lead you. Can we go back to prayer? Let's pray before we do things. Big decisions, let's pray about it. Big moments, let's pray about it. Listen, I'm, tonight I'm not saying you to go outside what's in between your toes. I'm not saying that. I'm saying God's going to lead you to a person. I'm, listen to me. I'm not about big church. I'm all about this right here, getting together with a person. I could be here. I'm telling you, I could be here all night, and I won't because we got to go. I can be here all night, listen to me, and I can talk to you about how relationships with people have put me on this stage right here. A relationship. It, it's amazing. It, it, just pray about it and let God lead you. Number two. If you want to have a partner, you're going to have to be a partner. This comes from the thought, if you want to have a friend, be a friend. You can't expect to just gain all the friends. you got to be a friend to get a friend. And lastly, find existent God-centered relationships. You guys here tonight? Find existent God-centered relationships. In other words, don't ask someone from the world to help you read the Bible. And we're not condemning anybody, but, but are, we, are we serious? I mean, but like, are you real? Like, if you want to find someone that's going to lead you into this thing, you need to find an existent, God-centered relationship. That's a platform. That's a foundation where we can get together and talk. We can get together and break bread. I'm done with tonight. Anybody feel encouraged right now? Anybody feel good? People of my purpose people in my purpose. If you're doing this thing alone, you're doing it wrong. That's just real. If you expect to last here without making any friends and having a partner in this thing, you won't last too long. Here's the thing. I mean, that's like just a, just like a generational rule, right? I think that's in the world. I mean, how, how do you expect to build a good company without people? How do you expect to build anything in this world without fruitful relationships? How do you expect to do anything in this world without unity, without partnership? This isn't just a church thing. This is a life thing. Get around some people. Love on them. Get with them. Select them. I promise you, you'll look back in six months and say, man, if it wasn't for this person God placed in my life, that was already there and already in my reach. Amen? For just a moment, I just want you to bow your heads. And close your eyes. All over this room, you could just bow our heads and close your eyes. Listen, you don't got to be a Christian. I know everybody in here is not a Christian. I mean, I know not all people in church are Christians. I know that. I'm not naive to that. I, I want to give you an opportunity tonight. Listen to me. The majority of everyone in this room haven't been saved, what saved me. They haven't had a relationship with Jesus that too long. So be encouraged. 
Everyone you see here, because we're worshiping so passionately, because we're shouting so loudly in 20 years, the people you see shouting the most probably got saved a month ago, two months ago. We're, we're fresh church. Brandon, I want to encourage you that you're not coming into something that we don't know what you're going through. You can find some partners here. Every head by every eye closed. If you want to make a decision tonight to say yes to Jesus, if you want to make a decision tonight to follow Jesus, listen to me, for real this time. I mean, like, you don't want to swerve. I'm like, you don't want to fade. I'm like, you thought you knew what you were doing when you tried this Jesus thing, but you obviously didn't know. Now you're going to make a decision to say yes in a true and honest way. Every head by every eye no one looking around. Let's give these people this moment. If you want to make a decision tonight to say yes to Jesus, come on, change your life forever. It's a call of response. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand at the count of three. When I say three, I want you to raise your hand. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Don't be discouraged. Come on, we're going to celebrate you. We're with you. We're for you. We're believing in you. We've been praying for this. We've been interceding for you. We can't wait to meet you. Welcome to the family. If that's you, you want to say yes to Jesus tonight, I want you to raise your hand. Ready? One, two, three. Shoot it up. Shoot it up. Shoot. Two hands. Three hands. Four hands. Five hands. Six hands. Seven hands. Eight hands. 